Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. You know the rules of the game? Yeah. You know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do. Have kids, go live my trip and joy in the games like out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bella, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance. Checking in with my co-host, Jalen. How you feeling, bro? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance. I'm feeling great. It's a lovely Tuesday. As y'all can tell, we got an in-person guest. So Number this two. Is, yeah, this is really fun. I missed the first one. And guess what? The first one was actually a husband. So this one about to be even better. We're about to get it popping. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. We are excited for this week's episode. Uh, we actually dropped an episode on our brother Colby, her husband, this week. Uh, but, man, whenever he was here, he was just raving about his wife and, like, the work that she could do. And we seen, the, like, some of her work, and we were like, man, we got to get her on here because she is out here killing it. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest, Miss Keiston Boone, owner of Tilford Consultant Services, Consulting and Services. Um, they're visual branding digital marketing, website design, coaching and consulting agency. They out here helping people grow and scale their businesses, getting people featured in the likes of Forbes, BET, mm. Bossup. Mm. I mean, she out here doing the damn thing. <laughs> Keisha, welcome to the podcast. How are Thank you doing today? You. I'm doing amazing. Doing really good today. Can't complain. I love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, we just want to say thank you for taking some time out your day, especially for pulling up on us and just come and bless our podcast, our listeners with some of the uh, gems that you're about to drop. No problem, no problem. I'm excited to just share my knowledge with your audience and get it going. Well, thank you so much. And we'll just jump right on into it. Our very first question is, basically, what was your start? How did you get your way up until where you're at today? So I started in undergrad. (laughs) So for me, I was a president of different organizations. I was vice president of, like, the Black Students Alumni Mm -hmm. uh, or Black... I think it's like SGA, all these different organizations that I was involved in. And so I would create the flyers and the marketing collateral. Mm -hmm. And so like marketing and branding weren't really popular then. Mm -hmm. But like you would do it for your organizations. Oh, let me go pass out these flyers. Let me Mm -hmm. do this, let me do that. So I was designing the flyers and posting on Instagram so that everybody would come out. And so I ran for Miss North Carolina in 2016. And so I had an event 
and I had ladies coming out and they spoke on a panel and one of the panelists was like, monetize your gifts. Mm -hmm. Monetize your gifts. What does that, you know, what does that look like? Because people weren't really selling things on Instagram back then in Mm. 2016. It was like, if you were selling something, okay, cool. But it went like everybody was doing it. Instagram a mall now. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own digital agency doing Mm -hmm. what I love to do. I really love like creative arts and branding and marketing and website design. So I was like, let me incorporate that into my own thing and start selling it and just see how it goes. And now I've built a multi-six-figure business just selling, like, my knowledge and my mm-hmm. skill set based on something I did in undergrad. And I started with $0 in an old MacBook that I bought with a refund. So Damn. that's how I got started. So, <laughs> I love it. I love that story. Question, <laughs> was that your major or what were you going to school no, for? No, so I went to school for, I have my bachelor's in social work and counseling. Mm. So, so how do you feel your life would have been right now if you was a social worker? <laughs> um, I couldn't do it. So I actually was a part of Teach for America, and I mm-hmm. taught for three years after I left undergrad. And I taught, and it was just, the first year was cool. I loved it. I loved my kids. But the second year, after I was able to see how people, like, police people and the culture of, like, education and different things of that nature, I was like, oh, I got to get out. I got to go. <laughs> and so I think I would, probably would have been miserable. Yeah, I feel you with the culture of education it's stuff. Just it's just like, a, it's out politics. It's, it's like, a, yeah, it's ugly in there. But I do want to kind of go further with your digital marketing. So, like you said, you started with a, no money, no lap, just a little laptop and a little old MacBook and some skills that you learned in college, like actual skills. That's another mm-hmm. lesson for everybody, always like the skills that you have. And I started with Photoshop. So, just learning that mm-hmm. skill set of how to utilize Photoshop and how to like, really put together pieces of an actual brand. Going on YouTube, watching videos, going on to like uh, programs where you can actually learn how to utilize different skills. Mm-hmm. Just learn that way. What's up? That's what's up. So you learned all these things. Like what was it like going out there and trying to like really build out this agency, getting your first clients? For me, it was easy because I was always promoting myself to mm-hmm. all these organizations. So we're just taking that, what I used to do, and then turn it into promoting my own business. So taking that mindset from undergrad, hey, I'm promoting SGA, I'm promoting black women's organization, I'm promoting this and that, but let me promote my own business. So it really wasn't a big thing for me. And I started getting clients like that off the bat. Mm. And I kind of want to ask you, what was that like once you heard that monetize your gift? How long did it take you to actually start your business and say, this is something that I want to do? So I think I ran for Miss North Carolina in like October my business launched in January and I was like, just had like a flyer where I was promoting people to, I do headshots. Mm-hmm. And I started in my bedroom mm-hmm. doing headshots. So it didn't take that long. Like I had a concept, you know, mm-hmm. and I started with something small that I knew I was kind of good at, but I wanted to learn more about. So you were still in undergrad whenever you started? I actually started that aspect after I graduated my first year of postgrad. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. And I also see that, like, I want to stop and talk about the importance of being involved on campus too, Mm, because that's that's really major and very vital for people who are going to college because we see a lot of people whenever they get to colleges and this colleges and that it's not true. College is what you make it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get involved on campus. And me personally, I was in a whole bunch of organizations too. And like, like you're saying, it really makes you into a marketer, into a seller. I'm a part of Alpha Phi Alpha. So we would promote everything, like promoting parties, all of these events, but it helps you with that social skill. Now you can go and speak to anyone. You can just pull up and you're not afraid to do those type of things. So I definitely think that's very vital to figuring out who you are, but also just figuring out what your gifts are and what you're good at. Of course, for me, I like to tell people. If I didn't go to college, I wouldn't be doing what I do now. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't go after this master's degree, I wouldn't even know what entrepreneurship looked like. So I can tell you all a little bit more about my story. So while I was teaching, I was loving my first year of teaching. That second year, my administration hated me, like hated me. And so I was like, I got to hurry up and find something to get up out of yeah. here. And so that's when I started pushing my business more. But if I didn't go to undergrad, if I didn't you know, pursue my master's degree, I wouldn't know that entrepreneurship was for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So college is definitely necessary, was necessary for me, but it's not for everybody. I feel you with that, though. Like, because we talk about that and we talked about it on the podcast when we very first started. Like, college is one of those places where 
it lets you really explore yourself and really find out, like, and test your limits. Like, you can, you learn more about yourself, like, your self-discipline, like, who you are, because now you ain't got mama waking you up telling you to go to school. Hell no. The teacher don't give a damn if you go and take that she test. Show it on. Like, you, it's on you to start figuring out, like, how you going to make these different responsibilities. It's, it's a cool little place. And then another thing that we really always talk about is that networking. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because, like, you're going to meet so many people that's involved in so many different things uh, that, like, it's just going to be, you're never going to be in a place like this again. Yeah. where you're going to be around all these different people who are going to be future working professionals. And I kind of want to lean that into your story some. Like when you started your business, your network probably was like your biggest asset because yeah. you already knew all these people <laughs> yeah. who were influential and they probably had something going, right? Yeah, I just shared my stuff on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, most of those people were people I wanted to undergrad with or I was in graduate school with. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you, I really built my business around people that I knew. Like your network is important. So I definitely agree with that. Sure. I kind of want to talk about your first client. Can we talk about your first client? Yeah, do you, do you remember what it was like for you to secure your first client? And who was that first person that you work with? So like I said before, I started out with photography because mm-hmm. I didn't like want to, I was kind of like on the edge about putting out like graphic design and stuff like that yet. So I was like, let me, like, start with just something, and I can add on, like, the digital mm-hmm. stuff later on. And so I put this flyer up on Instagram because I would take my own pictures, my own headshots for, like, LinkedIn and stuff like mm-hmm. that. People would ask me, can you take my headshot? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so I started doing $20 headshots. Hey. And people would come to my apartment that I shared with two other roommates. Mm. And it was just a new thing. Like, I had, like, 20 clients. The first month that I launched. Hey, shit. Hey, that is, that's hard. <laughs> and I just want to give, like, game to anybody who's in school. If you are a photographer, that's the easy. business, like, business departments, they big on getting people on, like, LinkedIn and stuff like that. So maybe go pitch it to, like, your professors or something. Hey, I do photography. Maybe if we can broker a deal or something mm-hmm. like that. Or even just a way to sharpen up your skills. Because I remember that was something one of my classmates done whenever we were doing headshots. They actually took it for, like, our whole class. And helped us upload it on uh, LinkedIn. So that was really dope. Yeah, like, and for me, after I did, like, the photos, I discovered that that really ain't my thing. Let me mm-hmm. move on to, like, <laughs> let me start dabbling in Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator. And then I started doing websites. And so as I just, like, put the first step mm-hmm. foot in front of the other, I just continued to add things on. And then I was able to decide what I didn't want to do anymore. Mm. I don't want to do photography anymore. I would rather give you my friend's information for mm-hmm. that. Or, and I started building like that. Hey, that's smart. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. No problem. I'll let you go into it now, my brother. <laughs> so, okay. Because well, I'm glad well, you did go to that segue because you started talk, You got into like your building websites and all that. Because I guess that's kind of into part of what I'm going to ask. Okay. With people building strong brands, like what are some of the key elements people need to have a strong brand? Because I know like you need an online presence, you need yeah. a website, you need a social media. But like what are what would you say is like the key elements? Yeah. So I would definitely say your website is extremely important. There's people who say, oh, you don't need that. Oh, you just need links. But who, I mean, for me personally, if I don't see your digital footprint, I can't go to Google and find information about you. You're not legit to me. <laughs> and so, especially like when the PPP came out, mm-hmm. there's people who couldn't get the PPP because they didn't even have a digital footprint. They didn't have a digital brand. They didn't have a website. The government, the government couldn't said, verify nah, you. Like, yeah, you got this EIN number, but we can't find you digitally. So <laughs> we're not giving you this money. So I would say uh, definitely having a website. It doesn't have to be an in-depth website when you're first starting out. If you can't afford, you know, a $5,000 package or a 10 k package, at least have something that you've put together. So I would definitely say start building that digital footprint for yourself. Mm-hmm. Number two, have some type of social media presence. When people are looking for people to purchase from, we're going to hashtags. If I'm looking for someone to do my hair in Dallas, I'm going to search Dallas because you can see you can see they work in real time. I literally was just thinking about this earlier because one of my friends, she was looking for meal prep. And I'm like, just use this hashtag. And I was supposed to make a tweet about that. Yeah. I was like, if you have a business and it's a service based business, you're trying to get more local traffic. <laughs> use a hashtag and put your city, put it in your bio. 
Not every time someone searches that, they're going to find it. The first one to come up. So I would say definitely have that, but also have your back office stuff in place too, mm-hmm. because a lot of um, a lot of issues that especially African American business owners like have challenges with is because their back office is not together. You don't have payroll set up. Mm-hmm. You're not legitimate on paper. When you go to get a business bank account, do you have that EIN number? So making sure that you have those foundational things together too. I would also recommend that y'all stop using Fiverr for (laughs) logos and different things of that nature (laughs) because a lot of times they use templated logos, which somebody can sue you if they see that you're using like their copyrighted items Mm -hmm. and different things of that nature. So you want to make sure that, hey, whatever like pictures or fonts or whatever you're using that it's actually legitimate when you're putting this branded content out for your visual brand. Mm. So like when you say templated logos, you've got to be thinking like, you mean like something that somebody could go on Canva and make themselves like that's yeah, just so you can get sued by using Canva stuff for your brand. Really? Yeah. Like you don't know that because it's copyrighted. Mm-hmm. If you out here saying, Hey, I'm charging, they're not gonna get you while you're not making no money. Mm-hmm, but if <laughs> you start making some yeah, they gonna be... you start making that money, that's when they're gonna hit you with like these fines and different things of that nature. So if you go on Google and you pull off maybe say you're having like a, a makeup brand and you get some makeup brushes off of Google, then you can put that into your logo. And that's typically what they do on Canva. Mm-hmm. But those items are copyrighted. So you have personal use and you have commercial use. If it's personal, I can only use it for me. But if it's commercial, I can use it for business. If mm-hmm. it doesn't have that copyright on something and you go and use it and it's somebody else's work, they can sue you. Question. <laughs> Does that count for Canva Pro? Because we paid for Canva Pro and they better not come and get us for that shit. <laughs> and so if you go into like Canva's copyright or their FAQs, you'll be able to see, you know, most of the stuff that they have on there is only for personal use, hmm. not for commercial use. Hey, I'm glad so, you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> so making sure that, you know, whatever you're using, if you're putting like your content on like something that you're selling, it's illegal. Basically, somebody can sue you, but a lot of people get away with it because mm, I mean they don't they're not making money on scale to a yeah. point where it's like, hey, that's my stuff, that's so I need to go point. get my money now, yeah. But like that makes so much sense, like in this work making that investment and actually getting original stuff created original and like stuff. you actually owning the rights to this because whenever you hire a designer or a brand like a marketing agency, some of these things they're gonna have in the contract, right? Like you own this, yeah, you own it. I will also say that another thing for like having a foundational brand is really having a plan of action. A lot. So what I see from a lot of people is they just say, "Hey, I want to do this. Let me throw mm-hmm. it out there. Let me like have something like a legitimate plan that you put together with either a coach or a strategist, so that you can continue to be successful in your craft." Because what happens is people go up. They're building, and then they're like, oh, I'm not getting any sales. I'm not doing this. And now you don't know what's next because you don't have a good marketing plan together or you don't have a good business plan in place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, she come on over here to drop the <laughs> gems, man. I love it. I get it because a lot of us started that way, but in my line of work and what I do now, I tell people I'm here to save you the years that mm-hmm. I spent trying to, like, figure this thing out. So, yeah. Mm. And I kind of want to touch on you figuring it out. I want to talk about what it looked like you doing your first website because we've done websites like landing pages. So I know the headache that goes into it, but whenever you first made your first website, what program did you use? I used WordPress. Oh Lord. So did you code or did you do like a builder? I did both. I can code and I can, you know, utilize their builders or whatever builder they had at that time. My work, if I look back at my old work, it doesn't look good. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's definitely a vibe, but People bought it, you know what I mean? It served its purpose during that time. And it, I feel like whenever you're creating something for someone else, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're actually paying for this. Like, <laughs> that's how you feel when you're creating it. So that's how I pretty much feel. Hey, that's dope. So what was, like, the most difficult thing? Because I tried to learn coding, and mm-hmm. that shit's hard. How did you do it? So I'm a very figure-it-out type of person. So going back and forth to Google, Hey, how do I do this? And then, like, if you remember MySpace, we coded back then. We was. That <laughs> is true. Man, it's crazy. We was copying and pasting them HTML yeah. codes like it would not shit. Just yeah, to get nah. that cool little background on your page. I remember that. Now we look at it like it's Chinese. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But, see, I didn't. I would just know how to copy and paste, go find it. But there was some people who really could just, like, freak out your page. I'd be like, man, how you doing that? 
That's crazy. I hope some of those people who was doing that is utilizing it nowadays. Cause yeah. shout out to time. There's different platforms like Skillshare. I think it's like Coursera or something mm-hmm. like that. And those platforms can teach you how to code too. If that's your thing. I'm mostly like on the front end, like designing and laying it out. And then if a person wants to utilize something like WordPress, we send it off to a developer. But I'm a Wix expert. I also build out on Squarespace. I build out on Show It. So there's different platforms that you can pretty much use nowadays where you don't have to code if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up yeah, like the Squarespace and stuff, because if it's anyone who they really can't afford the coder or getting with someone who does a website, but they have that design, that creativeness, what would be some good websites that they can kind of like build on? So there's something like I seen something the other day. It was like milkshake. Hmm. It's a simple, just in your bio type of thing. You can create the colors and do different things. And it's an app on your phone. So that's something simple that you can just plug in, plug and play type of deal. If you just want something quick. Also, you can learn how to create your own website on WordPress. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all created nowadays where they're drag and drop. Mm -hmm. So if you pretty much know how to drag and drop, you can create something. Whether or not it looks good or if it's going to be functional (laughs) (laughs) is a different story. So that's when you come to someone like myself and my team. It is dope. Keith, I do want to ask you, because you mentioned the front end design. Like, what's some pointers on, like, like, first off, I guess, can we talk about, like, the importance of front-end design when it comes to the customer journey on the website? Yeah. <laughs> so you basically only have about five seconds to gather someone's attention when they come on your website. If I come on your site, it does not look good. I'm not going to keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you get that pop. That banner needs to be the key focal point for your actual website. That banner and then the header as well. You want to make sure that you capitalize off of that as soon as someone enters into your site. Mm. So I would say that's the key focal point of any type of website. I don't care what it is. You want to make sure that that banner really speaks to your audience and really just guides them along that journey, making sure that you have those call to actions. Or if it's like click here to Mm -hmm. uh, find out more, book a consultation, whatever it is, make sure you have something there that's really going to allow them to be able to find out more about you. Love it. I love it. (laughs) So now I kind of want to go into something that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about marketing plans. Okay. So, like, could we get into what's some of the elements of a marketing plan? Like, what do you need to make a marketing strategy that you can work? Yeah. So, a lot of people think that when they're thinking about a marketing plan, oh, it has to be something that they hired a marketing Mm -hmm. person to do. It has to be this long, drawn-out thing. When marketing is just however you make that transaction between your customer and your business or yourself. So you're creating a strategy to be able to carry that thing out. It doesn't have to be this 20-page thing. But if you were hiring someone to do that, it would probably be more beneficial for your mm-hmm. business. But you can create a marketing plan with just, you know, whatever you already have. It can just be a social media marketing plan. Hey, I need to make sure that I'm posting at least three times a day, that I'm going live at least once a week. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm interacting 20 minutes before I post. I want to make sure that I'm jumping on here just to engage with people, follow people, like their content, so that when I post something that they're mm-hmm. engaging with mine, it can be something as simple as that. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out, 20-page thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when clients come to Boone & Associates, which is my husband's business, they'll get that 20-page marketing plan. But if you're just starting out, I would say start with social media. Build that out. Build upon things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Something simple, something cheap. (laughs) And I like how you said start with social media because you just touched on some good key points. Like you were just talking about it. You glanced over it, but the posting 20 minutes before Mm -hmm. and the, some of the, just the key things that can help you with social media. A lot of people, whenever they want to start business pages or trying to grow their page, they don't understand that social media is social. A lot of times we don't want to comment mm-hmm. or you don't, don't want to follow back. DMs. Yeah, you don't respond to DMs. So no I just, DMs. Yeah, I just, I just want to kind of like talk to the importance of that and how it's different capturing attention on social media versus your website. Because you both, you have five seconds on both of them. Mm-hmm. On both. Maybe on even less on too. social, yeah. Yeah. You got so many different people popping up in front of you all day mm-hmm. long. We want to make sure that we're capitalizing off those moments. And so, yeah, you need to make sure that you're following people and answering DMs. If I can't DM you, what makes you think I'm going to give you $250 or Mm $5,000? I want to make sure that I'm giving my money to a real person. You just throwing this brand up and nobody's the face of your brand. 
I don't know if you're legitimate or not. So that's true. <laughs> why would I give my money to you? So it's extremely important that you have that customer interaction. If you don't have the time to post back and forth between comments and all that, hire somebody who wants to do that type of work. You can Pay get somebody, somebody on Fiverr. You, yeah, you can get somebody on like Fiverr, Upwork, or I think it's like Job Source or something like that. Yeah. But you can find people, you know, little VA that work for you. Yeah, yeah. A VA. I would also say if it's a personal account, make sure it's somebody that you actually do trust. Mm-hmm. And have some fail safes. Don't give them the passwords to everything, yeah. man, because they will jack. <laughs> They'll yeah. take your whole page. Yeah, but shout out to our VAs because our VA is really nice. Yeah, they the goats. I love them. So let's see. So now I kind of want to go even more like with the marketing. So you've helped a lot of people with theirs, mm-hmm. their marketing. Like you helped them really grow and scale their businesses and their brand. Uh, and their brand. So I kind of want to go more so on the branding side, the, the look, the, 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 the look, the giddy. And I'm glad you. Okay. I'm going to let yeah. you go into it. But can branding tie in together? Mm-hmm. They're two different things. Can we speak to branding then? Because yeah. a lot of people, they say, I want to build a brand, but they don't understand what comes with that. Can we speak to like how you actually build brand loyalty mm-hmm. and how you actually can differentiate yourself from another brand? Yeah. So brand loyalty to me is just all about just being consistent, whether it be your color schemes, whether it be like your brand voice, how you show up. So if you're running a personal account, for instance, if my clients know that I show up on live every Wednesday, they're going to be DMing me if I miss a week or two weeks. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. I hope that you're okay. Like, I haven't been on social media for a few days and people have been DMing me like, hey, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm taking off for December just to like get ready for the Mm -hmm. new year. But when you have a brand that's consistent and your audience knows that you are consistent, it produces that brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. I like that. And for brands like Nike and people like that, a lot of people always kind of put those people out in the Nikes, the Coca-Cola, the Apple, but they don't understand, like you're saying, the consistency that comes with that. Yeah. Consistent. (laughs) Like the Apple logo has been the same shape, the same thing for since the seventies. They It's so slight and so subtle though. Like the only thing, They've probably changed maybe like the color. It went from the rainbow color. Now it's the pure white. It might have like the little stem maybe tweaked a little bit. But it's like a lot of people, I see people, they want to start. But then six months down the road, they want to start changing stuff because they're not gaining traction or they're not doing these certain things is sometimes you just have to be consistent. Yeah. But I also tell people too, you want to make sure that you're rebranding or you're Mm -hmm. going over your brand at least two times a year. So, you know, if it's time for you to change, switch it up. You can do that. Mm-hmm. But also making sure that, hey, that you're producing that loyalty with your clientele by just being consistent with whatever systems you were using before. And then also being authentic with your community and communicating, hey, we're changing this, we're changing that. Be on the lookout for this and that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it just shows that you're valid in what you do. And it produces that loyalty with other people as well. Mm, I like that. I like that. I'm interested. Why do you feel like you should revise it like every two to six months? Like when you're saying branding, you mean like revising your colorways, your logos, your... Like like you your, might have a website, mm-hmm. but I hate when I get on a website and I can't move this button because it's so outdated because the integration that used to work with it left that that hosting company. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you're going through your brand and just basically doing like a systems like, check. Yeah, like a you? like maintenance or upkeep. I got you. You have to change the whole visual brand, the colors and all that. But you just want to make sure that you're doing some type of maintenance. And if it's not working, then you may need to work on your visual brand because we are visual creatures. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that allows me to be able to say, okay, I want to work with somebody or I like that. The first thing I see is your visuals. So if mm-hmm. your visuals are off, I'm, you want to kind of change them. You know what I mean? And so when people come to us, we have packages where they're able to do like quarterly website maintenance and updates. We don't go through and change their whole entire brand, but we may change mm-hmm. different links and different things of that nature because something might not have been working, mm-hmm. you know, last month or last quarter or last year. So we're going to go ahead and change it in the system today. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to also always, that's important for any business owner. Cause like I know with us, we check our stuff often. You got to make sure like when you got an online or digital footprint, yeah. You stay in the breast of what's going on. You can't have them broken links. <laughs> them broken links, you they gonna kill you. Traffic. They gonna the kill you. Outdated website and graphic design evolves every single day. Somebody comes out with a new concept. Mm-hmm. We have parallax here. We have 
different systems that work with different integrations. They change every day, all day. And so you want to make sure that your brand is modernized. Mm -hmm. And so keeping up with the trends and everything that's going on is important too. And I kind of want to ask, like, so say you got a new client that's coming in and they're like, I tried everything. Like, it's just not working. Yeah. How do you say, okay, let me zoom out and see what's going on with your brand. What do you first look at to see, okay, this is how we can help you pivot. This is what we can kind of tweak. The first thing we do when people come to us and what they're doing isn't working is we go through their entire brand. Mm -hmm. Walk me through your steps of how you bring on a client or how you're promoting so I can give you feedback on that and really just do that process with you. I want to see your back end. Like, what's going on back there? I want to see your front end. I can't just tell you based off of you posting on Instagram and you running an ad. Like, <laughs> I can give you, you know, information regarding that. But let me see how you interact with people. A lot of times people don't work with people based on, like, just customer service. Mm-hmm. A lot of different times. And how their digital footprint is presented in the marketplace. So if you don't have a positive reputation, I'm not going to work with you. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And so there's different factors that go into like a business or why things aren't working. So I try to get to the root of that or really just by seeing like their processes and how they take on clients and different things of that nature. So it looks different for everybody. Mm. Okay. But I like how you said, you know, we got to break it down because a lot of times as people, we don't understand that. We might think that is working perfect. Like, oh, man, this this is good. It's good to us. Let the market talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real, you got to let the market talk. Yeah. Because if it's a good product, people are going to buy it. People are going to come to you. So sometimes you got to get out your own way. Even though you might like it. The, you might think the color scheme is great or whatever. Sometimes you need second eyes and second opinions to say, okay, actually, I think this might be what's hurting. This, yeah, a lot of people think they've DIY'd their business or their mm-hmm. brand for so long, so they think that, oh, this is perfect, or this is going to go, and people are just going to buy it up. And that doesn't happen all the time. You really have to test it and not be so, like, stuck on mm. a certain type of concept or a picture that you had in your head about mm. the business or the brand. So how do you get people to kind of, like, detach from that? Because you know, we treat our businesses like babies. Mm-hmm. So how do you get people to kind of let go and say, okay, let me show you. If you do this, you're going to get this low. I think by just showing them my results that I've had with different clients, most of my clients are pretty much um, referral clients that come on. So having that customer base that really speaks for me a lot of times really allows my clients to really trust me. Mm-hmm. So I have that trust factor with a lot of people that come on board. And so really just saying, hey, these are the things that I think we need to change. And once they see it for themselves on paper and in front of them, and then we go in and rebrand and come back with a different or more polished look, they're like, yeah, that's good. So I think really just showcasing like, hey, trust me, I got this. And then coming back with a different look or allowing them to just really see a different perspective as well. Like So Keystone, now I kind of want to dive into your niche some because okay. we've been talking branding. Mm-hmm. And you specifically, you focus on helping people position themselves as luxury brands. Yeah. So, like, how do you, I know you mentioned, like, you don't just work with anybody, obviously. No. So that's one of the first <laughs> criteria. But, like, how do you take a brand that's, like, you know, considered, like, somebody building or not mm-hmm. and position them as somebody who's luxury? So really just figuring out with them what the foundation of their brand is is key. If you just throwing a logo out there or something out there and say, hey, go buy it. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? And so really just figuring out what does luxurious mean to you? What like what gets you to buy? So why are you going to buy Louis Vuitton over baby fat or whatever? Figuring out that with them and really just getting down to their mission, their vision and really doing that. soul. I guess I wouldn't say soul searching with the client, but really just embarking on a journey with them to build out this luxurious brand. So that's how we get to the start of it. I don't know if that answered your question. Well, like. I mean, I I see what you're saying because, like, first it has to start with a vision. But I guess, like, what are some of the strategies, like, ways to position them? Like, where would you have to, I guess, like, 
I guess you're asking, how do you get the public to believe mm-hmm. that this is a luxury, luxury brand? brand. Mm-hmm. So if they've already been building for years and they've been building at a certain point and they're trying to like put this new thing out there, it's a full rebrand. Mm-hmm. Coming back with a different brand voice, a different mission, a different vision. If they were the face of it, getting some models to really, you know, speak for the work or to take pictures or product pictures with the actual work, hiring influencers. Mm -hmm. So you can just do a full rebrand if you have started at some point and it wasn't working and you want to just put yourself out there as a luxurious brand, but also showcasing the product too. The product's important. How does it work? How does it change people's lives? Mm -hmm. When we have um, products or services, people want to know how is this going to change my life and the pricing People think that pricing just determines if it's luxurious or not, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's the look. It's the overall brand. And Mm -hmm. branding isn't just the visuals either. It's the customer experience. So Mm -hmm. when I purchase a product with you or I go online and I book something, what happens next? And after that, what's Mm -hmm. what's going on? And I'm not treated with luxury care throughout my process, then it's not luxurious to me. Mm -hmm. When you go into a Louis Vuitton store, if you go into, you know, a coach store from like a core store, you're going to get three different brand experiences. And that's what makes Louis Vuitton like a popular brand or the most luxurious brand that people like pretty much buy is the experience. Mm-hmm. So providing a quality experience really is what makes something look luxurious, not just how it looks on paper or how it shows up on your website. Mm. Like like anybody can go in Adobe Illustrator and create something. Mm. <laughs> right. It's the power you in the follow-up. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> thinking about. The follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Like, even after you make that purchase, what does that customer thank you page look like? Do I get like? an email? Do I get an email? Saying, thank you for coming mm. into my store today. Do I get mm. a phone call? All those things matter when it comes to luxurious branding. And so for me, just making sure that my clients understand if you want this brand, if you want it to look a certain kind of way, hey, we want to make sure that the experience backs up what it mm-hmm. looks like on the front end. When you say experience, it made me think all the time. I think luxury brands. I think uh, like cologne and mm-hmm. perfume because they always that's how they sell their stuff. They always sell it through experience. You look at a cologne commercial <laughs> or something, it ain't got nothing to do with nothing. nothing. Nah, <laughs> you got a dude standing on a dock looking away and noir. <laughs> it has nothing to do. So, and we're streamlining our processes and rebranding at my agency because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we're providing a luxury experience. So, we're working with you, and I find you on LinkedIn, and you end up booking a call, and you come on the process with us. We want to make sure that's a full experience. When we're done with you, we send you a gift in the mm-hmm. mail, a thank you card because it's an experience. And so, making sure that our processes look like that is extremely key going into 2021. Mm. Under promise, over deliver. <laughs> I knew you what you wanted. I got you. It's a little, it's a little sound effect. You can't hear it, <laughs> but it was the little message. Okay, my voice got crackly, so forgive me, y'all. Oh, nah, you good. good? You out here dropping heat, dropping heat. I love it. So, Keystone, I do have another question for you. Okay. So, what advice would you offer to like a new business owner or like a current business owner that's trying to scale? Like they maybe they making some money. They might already have. How much money they making? You making a thousand dollars a month off okay, of your okay. side hustle. Now you want to go to ten. Okay. I would say take that money that you're making and invest it back into your business. Don't go out here buying this, buying that. Like invest what you make because a thousand dollars isn't a lot. Ten k really isn't a lot either when you Talk break it them. down. A lot of people want to make six figures, but you really want to be shooting for multi six figures, not just 100K. You know what I mean? So really invest that back into your business. Get a coach. Redo your branding. Redo your marketing collateral. Just rebrand, maybe. (laughs) I like like that get a coach, though, because a lot of times people don't realize you do need a coach to take you to that next level. Yeah. Like, it's okay if you're able to say, okay, I made six figures myself. But if you had someone who navigated those waters before, guess what? Instead of making six figures, now you could probably start touching seven. Yeah. Or like you said, you can be in the 700,000s or something like that because they have the experience. They know some of the downfalls that's going to come there. And also they have connections. They have connections and can open up doors to things that you didn't even think about. And a lot of times, sometimes we're like, what I need to buy a coach for? Like, I don't need that. But <laughs> it don't matter what sport you play. Everybody got a damn coach. Got a coach. (laughs) Everybody got a coach. Even coaches have coaches. Like therapists have therapists. Like in order to get to that next level, you're gonna have to have somebody who's been further along than you Mm -hmm. have. 
So for me, I even have a coach. She's a millionaire. I haven't touched a million. So I'm getting coached by somebody who is touching that. Mm, and I like that too. Make sure you get coached by someone who's doing better than you. Yeah. Don't get coached by your best friend who <laughs> might be making maybe like $50,000 more than you. Nah, you want to go with someone who has a bigger audience. Yeah. And don't be afraid to pay that person because I promise you what you're going to pay them, at least the value that they return should be greater than the amount that you're paying. Yeah, of course. Every time I invest in myself, I make it back times 10. So mm-hmm. when I pay, you know, $1,000 for a coaching session or a three-hour session or whatever, I make that back times 10. So invest in yourself, I would say. Always. Like major, it's a, I think that's one of the biggest things as a business owner that you should really budget for, honestly. Like yeah. thinking about how you're going to actually further your education, how you're going to build your business that way. Yeah, and also it doesn't have to be something that you like – purchase either Mm -hmm. so like every friday is my personal development day so i'll go watch videos on like really developing myself and really just i found these videos on either youtube or listening to podcasts getting on clubhouse and listening to different people who are further along than me so it doesn't always have to be something that costs money either Mm -hmm. when you're investing but i would definitely recommend that you guys get a coach as well Mm, i'm glad you mentioned clubhouse Because now I got a question in my head. Uh So is there a certain social media app that you would suggest someone start on versus another one? Or does it depend on the business that you're going to be going into? I would definitely say that it depends on the business. So Instagram, if you want something to go real quick, you want to be able to build a following easily. I would say start on Instagram. If you want to work with business professionals who really just already have the income for your products or your services, you might want to try LinkedIn. If you're just selling to family or friends or people in your area or people who may have some sort of connection to you, then it's Facebook. Mm -hmm. Clubhouse is really cool. It's my new favorite app. So I'm taking a break the month of December from like different apps and different of that nature and focusing on just one thing and learning how to grow that. But just jumping in different rooms and listening to different people has been instrumental. I've gotten like two or three clients off of just sharing my story Mm. on Clubhouse. That's dope. That's (laughs) real dope. I just got on Clubhouse like two weeks ago and I've been dabbling in it too. I still got to see I'm about to say you flinky, bro. You supposed to see me in man. man. Yeah, man. What's wrong with this dude, man? (laughs) Hey, man. I'm a hoe. I'm a (laughs) hoe. It's going to be all right, though, man. I promise I'm going to send it to you. It's all good. But, yeah, I like Clubhouse. It's really dope. If you haven't gotten on it, y'all definitely try to get on. But, it's yeah, invite only. It's exclusive. Sorry, y'all. I kind of like it that way, though. So, Keystone, I do want to go into another topic that I know we okay. kind of talked about off camera before. And that's just with, with being entrepreneurship, going through our journeys, uh, mental health as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I know I've seen you, you went live, I think you were speaking on it. Could you talk more to that, like just how important it is to be taking care of your mental health as an entrepreneur? It's extremely important, like extremely important. So, I have a meet with my therapist today at 6.30, um, really making sure that I take care of my mental health and taking care of my my physical body is the number one priority for me. And so it's extremely important, especially as an entrepreneur, because you have on so many different hats throughout the day. You're here, you're there, you're this, you're doing that. You're the graphic designer. You're the marketing person. You're the administrative assistant. You're all these different hats. And so making sure that you're taking care of your mental is extremely important. And I'm glad you bring that up. What do you think is one of your most difficult challenges you had to get over being an entrepreneur? I would say, like, getting on live. I don't like being live. <laughs> really? I don't know why. Yeah, like, being consistent with going live, I would say, was, like, my big thing um, about a year ago. But how I got over that was just by continuously mm-hmm. going live. Every Like, I had, like, a 10-day streak where I went live for 10 days and just doing it every day for 10 days. How long you'll stand on live? Um, I think I did it for, like, it has to be over 10 minutes. Okay. Because I was about to say, if you're if you going live like us for 10 days, I can't do that shit. Oh, nah, I lose it. And so I had, like, different people come on there and speak and talk. Yeah. Like, but that's how I got over my fear of going live. I don't know what it was, though. Mm, I understand. Live's definitely a great tool. Yeah, it's like to push your business. People tuning in, get to see you in real time, sharing knowledge, giving game. They get to ask questions in real life and things like that. So if you do have a business, if you're trying to grow your business, definitely take advantage of the live features. You can pretty much go on live on almost everything now. I don't care if you only got two people on your live. You better keep better, talking. Yeah. 
especially now because you can share and save your lives too. You never know who's going to come back and find it. Mm. And you never know who those two people, they might have someone who shares it to their family or friends because you could be dropping some really, really valuable information. So if you got something to say, a story to share, definitely go on live. And just like she said before, be consistent with it because I'm pretty sure after those 10 days, people were like, okay, where's she at? Where's she, she at? at? <laughs> <laughs> they want to see you. So this, this is this girl I follow. I mean, it's a grown woman, but I think her name is, yeah, her name is Ronnie. So she goes live almost every day. I'm like, she goes live a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so her people probably, if she missed a day, they're probably like, where are you at? You ain't going live. <laughs> Man. I go like uh, Ashley Ann. She, yeah, she a beast with it. Like every every time, eleven p.m. And guess what? Ashley Ann didn't help like over five hundred people yeah, make a meal on Instagram. Hey man, Ashley, we need you on the pod too. Yeah, <laughs> if you listening, if you if you on that live, I need hey, you. <laughs> I need you. She a beast. Yeah, she a dog. So what what's you thinking? Like, what's the next big? challenge i guess you see ahead with you yeah with so yourself. right now a challenge that i'm dealing with is just hiring a team i think it's just the most difficult thing because finding quality people mm-hmm. is hard like it ain't no if ands mm. or buts about it talk <laughs> to us <laughs> you preaching to we, the choir we've been, we've been working you. on this shit for a year now <laughs> finding quality people who gonna do the work and they not trying to get paid a million dollars like, nah, bro, I can't pay you a million dollars right now, but I will be able to in the future. Yeah. So I would say finding quality people and then also, like, finding people that you mesh with, too. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to deliver the work on time? Are you going to give that same quality that I give to the clients? I think so. That's important. So how many people have you onboarded already before I ask this question? Um, So my business over the last, we started in 2017. So we're at, like, probably 500 businesses that we work with either one-on-one um or through like consultations and different things of that nature Hmm. so what's your process of figuring out if this person meshes well with me or if i should just keep on going if i should not bring them in so we do i have a discovery call but before you book the discovery call there's an actual like questionnaire that you have to fill out based on your questionnaire i say okay do i want to move forward with the discovery call based on the information they put in and then on the discovery call it's just like an interview Seeing if we're going to be a good mesh together to work with each other. Are you talking about when I'm hiring somebody? Yeah. So that's good for clients. But yeah, whenever okay. you also whenever you're hiring too. Oh, so for me personally, I put my stuff up on LinkedIn and Indeed. And then I just do a regular formal interview process with people. And I take them through like two-step interviews, mm-hmm. uh, two interview processes. And then. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I see their work, see what they've previously done, and then go ahead and hire them if they're a good fit. So I, I like to live by this quote. I don't know the rest of the quote, but it's higher, fast, fire. No, it's higher, slow, fire, fast. So like, I want to see your work. I want to mm-hmm. see what you've done over time. I want to be able to sit down with you to be able to ask you different questions about what do you think about my business? Are you really in on my vision mm-hmm. and my mission? A lot of times when people hire people, they just like, okay, I want to hire somebody. Let me go hire them. But no, I really want to sit down and have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to get the vision that I have for my business. Because if you don't know my vision or you're not attached to that vision or you don't identify with a vision of some sort, you're going to be like, oh, when the next opportunity comes, I'm out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. <laughs> that's that's um, so major. That's so real. Like, you definitely got to find those people that's, like, really believing and investing in your vision. Because, like, you don't want that, like, somebody that thinks that they they can take whatever you're doing or, like, not really have to 
have give to it do, their all. Yeah, give it their all. Yeah. Like they don't have to really be involved in it that I way. Just you know, throw this together or whatever. So like my assistant that I work with, like she's amazing. But me trying to find different people like her has been the hardest thing because she has that quality. She delivers on time. She's very detailed. And those are some people I work mm-hmm. with. And so it's just hard to find people like that. <laughs> Did you ever ask her for any referrals? Have I asked her for any referrals? I haven't because I want to keep it strictly professional. And, I got you. You know. Yeah, I was about to say because if she like that, she might have another friend. Yeah. But once you get friends in and all yeah, of that, you know. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they on the clock just talking. We for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Nah, you good. I was going to see if you got any other nah, uh, major I, it questions. it still ain't I was, never came I back. <laughs> <laughs> it's going with the wind. Well, Keith, I want to go up pivot to the last segment of the show. I want to ask you. So, uh, we didn't brief you before. We did not. Dang. Okay, so I want to ask what's on your timeline. So, what's something that you've seen on social media? Could be anything. Doesn't have to be anything major. Could be anything you posted, anybody else posted, <laughs> that you want to speak on. I know Kobe was telling me y'all had a, a heated debate. <laughs> But we have different conversations. The most heated, I guess, discussion we had this week, which y'all probably already seen, is Kevin Sears. Yeah, we posted it today. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Just hearing how he thinks about just different things. I'm just like, who is this person? Like, who do you think you are, for one? Like, <laughs> his personal views on certain things just doesn't sit too well with me. So for the people who who don't know who Kevin Samuel is, I'll give y'all a brief little overview. So yeah, this guy, he ended up surfacing. I guess he, he really kind of been around for a little yeah, minute from what I've been seeing yeah. seen on YouTube. Yeah, from what I've seen. But he was giving the description of what he called a high value man. And this woman asked him, you know, like, how do I get a high value man? And he asked her, you know, how do you value yourself or how do you rate yourself or like, what are you bringing? And then I think the whole thing was like a high value man doesn't want someone with kids, uh, someone who who doesn't see themselves as the same thing. And then he also said, you know, you have to stop wanting someone who's doing more than what you're doing. And I'm not going to lie, like I could see the point. But it was also the delivery of the, ve- mm-hmm. of the video. That's took issue. Yeah. Yeah, what he was saying was correct. You know, some of his stuff, you know, it is correct. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want somebody who isn't, you know, you're not on the same level with? I'll say that it was one asshole moving that I still feel like yeah. he hit her with that, uh... He said, raise yourself to one to ten and you can't call yourself a seven. I said, damn, you really a dick for that one, bro. <laughs> you can't just pull that option off the table. It's not funny, but it's like, for me, I was telling Kobe, I was like, as a woman, as a grown woman, I would have never gone on a show like that. Mm-hmm. Why would I? I don't need affirmation from a this, random yeah. person. You go to a random individual. And if you look at his prior videos, he did the same thing to other people. Really? Basically. But... Because it's a black woman, someone's mm-hmm. taking that little snippet of the video and, you know, ran with it or whatever. But most of his videos, he talks the same type of way when it comes to, like, other people and other women when he's answering the questions. His delivery was just really bad in that specific video. And then I agree that, you know, as individuals, we need to see ourselves as being high mm-hmm. individuals. But I don't think it has to do anything with a pay grade mm-hmm. or how much we're making. Like, if I'm able to walk in my God-given authority... They represent God and walk in my purpose. Like, I'm a high-level individual. I don't care what nobody has to say. <laughs> Come on. You don't find your value in what other people yeah, got to say. I don't find my value in money. And that's definitely key when it comes to entrepreneurship, too. Like, don't be out here finding your value in money because you can be up one day and down the next. Mm. Mm. Talk to them, especially in this entrepreneur thing. Like, one day or one week, you make 10K in one week. The next week, you don't have any Anything damn sales. Now you're like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> So, like, that's yes, true. Like you said, can't find that value in that money. We mm-hmm. spoke on it before. Find your purpose. Your purpose, your purpose is the best thing. God got your purpose for everybody out here, I promise. You just got to find that thing. And walk in it. And, and I was also tell you guys, too, like, if you're struggling with finding your purpose, just sit with yourself and, like, talk to God. Journal. Like, read your Bible. Go out and do a walk. Do things that you love to do. Like, that's really how you're going to be able to find your specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Find what you want to do, too. I like that. I like that. I kind of do want to go back into the Kevin thing. Okay. Because, like, why do you think 
some women do that though. Like they'll say, okay, I want a guy who's doing all of this and that, but they're not properly like equipped with themselves because even like you'll see people say, oh yeah, man, she bad. But once they get this woman, she has nothing else to offer, but she's being bad. Like, why do you think some women kind of do that? Um, I would say it's just a stereotypical thing, honestly. Like, if your mom had nothing going for her and she was able to get on because she was bad, per se, some people are just conditioned to believe that all they have to do is have good looks and that's mm. it. Because they've seen such and such get in the door just by having good looks. Or they see these Instagram models. Mm-hmm. That's the big, they, that's they, the yeah, they're getting thing paid right, right now. That's the biggest thing. They see all these people on Instagram. And OnlyFans. Them making money or them having like the hottest rapper or whatever. And that's where people are conditioning themselves with that mindset. Mm. Hey, I need y'all to have more value in yourself. Make sure whenever you're coming, like, like she said, just take some time to yourself and really learn yourself because I ain't gonna lie. I've been doing like that all year and it helps. Like you should be able to be prepared and be happy alone before you get with someone. That person shouldn't give you an added benefit. Like they can add to you, but they shouldn't make or break your happiness. If that person walked out your life, you should still be able to say, okay, I'm Jalen. I'm good. I'm still going to be who I am tomorrow or whatever. You shouldn't. It might hurt that they're not there, but whenever they take away your happiness, if they're mad or something like that, that's crazy. Yeah. I would say when I was single and I met my husband, like I was really just so searching, trying to find myself again after like being depressed and going through a breakup. Like I had to find me again. It's before I could allow somebody different to come into my life. And so I would definitely agree with that. I like that. I like that. Well, we didn't got through the last section. So we're just going to ask you to plug yourself in. Where can they find you at on all your social medias? If they want to work with you or your company, where can they find you? How do they go about it? How do they get that questionnaire? Okay, cool. So all you have to do if you're on Instagram or if you're listening to the podcast is go find me on Instagram. Hashtag handle is Keeson. K-H-E-I-S-T-O-N-B-O-O-N-E, Keiston Boone. You can go to KeistonBoone.com. You can also go to Tilford.co. Again, Tilford.co for my agency website. And just fill out a discovery call to be able to talk with me or my assistant about your professional needs. Or you can send me a DM and we can get it popping from there. I love it. Keiston, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No this has been great. Really, really appreciate it. This has been a dope episode. Before we wrap this thing up, y'all, we're going to get into a couple house cleaning items. So, as always, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to the podcast week in and week out. We love to hear the feedback from you guys, different things that you've been saying. We've been seeing a lot, a lot of people just, like, sharing. sharing. Like, the podcast growth's been crazy. So, y'all, please continue to share, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're trying to get this knowledge out there to the people. Um, let, me, let, me, let me see if we got a new update, too. New uh, review or something. I think it's still my boy F.A. The one Jared Burton's it is, name it is, for. It is. And I'm not going to do it because I'm going to murder it too. So <laughs> I'm going to just hush up. But shout out to you. Oh, oh, that's love. Thank you. Well, y'all, you got anything else to plug? Yeah, y'all, get our products. Get our book, Manage Your oh, Money yeah, Like yeah, the yeah. 1%. Get the credit course, Credit Fundamentals 101. It's not going to teach you how to repair your credit, but it is going to teach you how to utilize your credit. It's going to show you if you do need credit repair, you'll be able to understand and actually navigate the credit industry. You'll be able to understand what's affecting your credit, what's making it rise or making it fall. So then you can better assess your situation. When we just really put that out just so we can help out our family. And also the wealth pack. We got eight weeks of wealth in there. We got the credit fundamentals and we got the book. You get all of that. It's a bundle package. Y'all hit that link in the bio. Thank y'all for being some loyal podcast subscribers. We appreciate it, family. I think that's all I got. Mm. Well, with that being said, y'all, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is run money marathon.
Health insurance plans come with deductibles and claims processes that are confusing and expensive. CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. Each member gets a personal care advocate and access to thousands of other members ready to help pay for large health expenses. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO, Showtime. Do you feel like your streaming subscriptions are out of control? Why not start the new year off right and cancel the ones you're not using? Enter the Rocket Money app. Rocket Money organizes your subscriptions by due date and notifies you when something is coming up. From there, decide whether to keep it or cancel it with just a tap. To find out more about Rocket Money, go to rocketmoney.com offer or download the Rocket Money app from the Apple app or Google Play stores. Rocket Money, the finance app that works for you. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.